Hey, everybody. This is a spoiler-inclusive podcast. So, if you have not read the book or don't want it spoiled, don't listen beyond this point. Go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. My name is Sam, and I am joined by my co-host and sister-in-law, Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm great. Glad to be here. You're glad to be here. Okay, we just had Thanksgiving here. I know that's... Yes, glad to be into the Christmas season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you decorate before Thanksgiving? Are you a Thanksgiving Friday? We are a before Thanksgiving family, but this year it was just Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, there's something magical about eating with your Christmas tree in the room. I mean, yeah. it wasn't in the room, but right. you know what I mean. Yeah, with mm-hmm. like the festive lights and yeah, just adds to the fest. We yeah. decorated probably November. Yeah, 3rd, I was going to say y'all decorated early. Which we just got married, so it's it was kind of that. When do we do it? Yeah, both of us were like, well, I don't want to say it first. But Start your own traditions. Though. We would have done it November first. Yeah. So. Will you be a take it down on December twenty sixth or Absolutely extend not. it that as long as possible? So hateful. My oh. mother did that, and I told her probably in high school, that it's against my religion to take down Christmas <laughs> decorations. So she never asked me to help. I take down my Christmas decorations on the 26th. I take down the tree, bah, but I keep up like winter things like uh, trees okay. yeah, yeah. and those things. Uh, but the actual Christmas tree got to okay. go. Mm. Do you do a real tree? Fake <laughs> tree? Oh no, we do a fake tree. Yeah. The Martha Stewart fake tree, right? Yeah. The, it's a good fake we tree. We went to get it on Black Friday. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. The best. So uh, to James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl. Did I say that right? I think so. I will not lie to you. I wasn't, um, I was 21 when I learned that his name was Roald and not Ronald hmm. for my whole childhood. I called How him Ronald How did you find Dahl. that out? Did somebody point it out to no, you? No, I took a an upper level children's literature class in college. And when she started talking about Roald Dahl, I was like, Wait, what? Mm. So okay. now I know. That could have gone way worse <laughs> where you were like delivering a PowerPoint in right. front of the whole no. class. and Yeah, it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, here's the light bulb. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's well. fair. <laughs> so James and the Giant Peach, published in 1961. It was the first of his classic books. He would go on to write Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG, amongst many other famous books. Have you, I mean, I'm sure you've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Do you have any other Roald Dahl books? I read um, BFG. I remember that distinctly. I'm pretty sure that I've read probably every single one of his books. But BFG stands out to me the most. Um, And James and the Giant Peach. So this was my first time reading through it. I only saw the movie. And remember the movie being a little creepy? Mm -hmm. And reading through the book, the only thing I remember from the movie was the green... The glowing mm-hmm. green squiggly things. Yeah. I remember from the image. movie, the animation was right. funny. Because it was stop motion. Yeah, yeah. And that has always stood out to me. I read it. I don't know when I read it. I would guess sometime between third and fifth grade. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, do you remember as a kid reacting to it? Mean anything to you? I remember the insects. And being so weirded out (laughs) by these insects and just being like, how big were they? Are they as big as this? Could this really happen? Because this Mm -hmm. is very um, fantastical. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember there were a lot of things 
that were fantastical that I read. But this one was one of those where I was like, I don't want this to happen to me. I, I do not mm. want to be friends with big bugs. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Here's my fun factoids of the week. I've got a little more on Roald Dahl than I do on the book. But did you know that growing up, his father died when he was very young and he was sent away to boarding school where he was subject to hazing as well as corporal punishment, which he hated and constantly commented on, which would make sense because of how much in his books, adults are just kind of mm-hmm. like <laughs> bad bad, and bad things Simple. happen to them. Uh, he later wrote, all through my school life, I was appalled by the fact that masters and senior boys were allowed literally to wound other boys and sometimes quite severely. I couldn't get over it. I never have got over it, which that I thought was sense. interesting by how he, especially in James and the Giant mm-hmm. Peach, by how adults are treated. I'm sure we will jump into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda later, but I'm pretty sure adults in those books as well. Well, kinda... Matilda, I mean, her parents, I remember reading the book, but I mean, the movie is still one of my favorite kids' mm. movies, but her parents, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible people. Mm-hmm. Just, they do not like her and they make it clear that they don't like her. So, Roald Dahl was a combat fighter pilot in World War II. Hmm. And once he was told to fly somewhere in Egypt, he couldn't find the landing strip. So he had to attempt a landing in the desert, but he crashed and almost died. And then later found out they told him to go to the wrong place. and The landing strip was never there. But after his adventures as a pilot, he was asked to make a record of his experience so a writer could turn him into stories to be shared as propaganda for the Allied cause. But Dahl apparently wrote the story so well, the writer just passed on what he had written, and it became the first thing he ever had published. Wow. Yeah, and so... Interesting. Many years later, he started writing his first book for kids, which was James and the Giant Peach, which, oddly enough, he was originally inspired by cherry trees. So we almost had James and the Giant Cherry. I don't know. Would it be the same? I don't think so. I'm just going to say it, Sarah. (laughs) This book was a trip. (laughs) I... Nothing really resonated with me (laughs) super intensely. Um, It was entertaining. I found myself wanting to keep picking it up because it was fun. There were some funny moments, but there were also moments that I was like, what on earth is actually happening? It's been at least 20, probably more than 20 years since I read this book. And now reading it as a parent, uh, considering the age I'll let my kids read these books, I'm like, eh, we might skip this one. Really? I just, maybe not, but I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, there's part of me that agrees with you because to me, the big question, this is the thing I want to dive into. To me, this book is pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. Kids will find it funny. There's bugs. There's lots of jokes. Mm-hmm. There's all these crazy, whimsical, fantastical scenes. There's not so much to me like resonance. I yeah. You could probably make some arguments for some themes in mm-hmm. here, but they're not, that's not what he's interested in doing. He's just trying to, to me, he's just trying to have some fun. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, is that valuable? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, re- I mean, I read a lot of books personally that don't have deep waters to them. Mm-hmm. They're just meant for fun. Uh, they're meant to be enjoyed. And I see that in this, but... There's also just not a lot of redemption. Mm -hmm. I mean, James, so I read on Common Sense Media to see what age that they would recommend for children. Mm -hmm. And it said eight plus. And one 
reviewer or maybe they compiled all the reviews talked about how James is kind of a role model because he's such a nice boy Mm -hmm. and he's been through this horrible life and he's still a nice kid. And I think that's about all that you can really walk away from. Mm -hmm. I mean, the what's it called? The insects, the bugs, the bugs, they were kind of redemptive, but they also were not great. (laughs) Yeah. Earthworm was one that I... (laughs) He was hilarious to me, but he's just right. the biggest Debbie Downer yeah. pessimist yeah, all the time. They're not great. I mean, I think it's so important to like to read books for fun. And right. I, when I taught high school, there were so many times that students were like, this just isn't even fun to read mm-hmm. whatever we are reading. And so sometimes it is fun to pick up a book and be like, right. I'm not going to take away much from this, except that if you were like me when I was eight or however old I was praying that this never happened to me. <laughs> mm, okay. Which is an interesting thing. Cause usually with children's books, it's like a fantasy that mm-hmm. you want. It's an adventure you want right. to go on. Right. It was sort of scary. And once again, just like Charlotte's web on the first page, things get real, mm-hmm. real quick. I'll just read from the beginning. Here is James Henry Trotter when he was about four years old. Up until this time, he had a happy life living peacefully with his mother and father in a beautiful house beside the sea. Then one day, James's mother and father went to London to do some shopping, and there a terrible thing happened. Both of them suddenly got eaten up in full daylight, mind you, and on a crowded street by an enormous angry rhinoceros which had escaped from the London Zoo. I do remember reading that sentence as a kid and like looking back thinking, no, surely that didn't. That didn't happen, and it did. Which was his desired effect. Exactly. Yes, he got us. I think he just wants little kids going, what well, now? Yeah. You know, and and it kind of sounds like funny a little bit because you're like a giant, died. enormous, angry rhinoceros. Yeah. And you're so wrapped up in that that you're like, wait. Yeah. What happened to the parents? Yep. And then James's life takes a downturn. Mm-hmm. He gets sent to live with Aunt Spike and Aunt Sponge, who Aunt are just. Spiker. Aunt Spiker. Aunt Spiker. It, it's even worse. Yeah. What was your, uh, how did you enjoy the ants? Were you were a fan? No, no, I'm the opposite of a fan. Again, it's been a long time and this wasn't one of those books that resonated with me like Charlotte's Web did mm-hmm. from childhood on, maybe because I just read it for fun or something. But reading this, I was like, these women are horrible. Yes. Horrible. And they're described very mm. affectionately. Uh, <laughs> He describes Aunt Sponge. She was like a great white, soggy, overboiled cabbage. <laughs> Aunt Spiker, on the other hand, was tall, lean, and bony, and she wore steel rim spectacles that fixed on the end of her nose with a clip. She had a screeching voice and long, wet, narrow lips, and whenever she got angry or excited, little flecks of spit would come shooting out of her mouth <laughs> as she stalked. And there they sat, these two ghastly hags. <laughs> it's a very affectionate description of these two ladies, which... In fairness, they are horrible. Mm -hmm. They say horrible things. They physically abuse James Mm -hmm. and emotionally abuse until (laughs) this scene just creeped me out so much. James meets this random old dude in the bushes. Yes. So as I'm reading the common sense reviews, (laughs) this woman is like, this is a horrible, horrible example to set for children. And I thought it is because we teach our kids don't talk to strangers. Yes. Absolutely do not take things from strangers. And then he says, I'm not going to tell my aunts about this. All the things that we teach our kids not to do. Yeah. Which I will defend James on not telling his aunts on that one. Absolutely. But he took something from a stranger. He got given these magical, was they beans or like there's like. They were like 
worms. There were these magical worms, which unfortunately for James, whose life just keeps getting worse, he trips, spills them all over the peach tree. The next, I think it's the, is it the next day, James looks outside Mm -hmm. and sees a peach growing and growing Mm -hmm. and growing and growing and it keeps growing and growing and growing until it's the size of a house and and Sponge and Spiker immediately they want to get money the from capitalistic it. route. Yes, they're yes. like, and I can't remember what took James outside. They had to clean. Oh, he had to clean up all the stuff, all right. the trash and things from the people who came to. Right. He finds a door. He finds a magical door. Yeah. And goes inside or a hole at least. Right. In the peach, and he ends up inside of the peach where. I mean, obviously, this happens to most of us every day. It's normal. Inside are giant bugs. And to me, I mean, I'm not trying to like dunk on this book. Like, we're not here just to make fun of it. But the fact that the bugs say, welcome, we've been waiting for you. Well, yeah, that's something I was like, I have thought, why were they waiting for him? You I know. know it's why never did explained. they know him? Because it never talked in the book about him being like, well, they said he didn't go outside because Aunt Spike and Aunt Sponge wouldn't let him most right. of the time. And so these bugs are waiting for him. And I'm like, well, was he a, a naturalist? Did he like to go outside? And why did these bugs know him so well? <laughs> I, Yeah. Or like, did the bugs have like a past life? Right. And now right. they've been bit by the green thing. Yeah. This was for me, one of the more heartwarming scenes. And the line I uh, the line I loved was after seeing all these bugs, they're bickering and fighting, but it's all jovial. It's all warm hearted. You can tell they love each at least maybe not love each other, but there there's an affection between them. And it says they seemed extremely kind and helpful in spite of all the shouting and arguing that went on between them. And so that first scene was probably my favorite scene, especially once I think it's the centipede. <laughs> He gets into it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. But those little back and forth, the witty conversations, especially with Centipede and Earthworm, mm-hmm. those I found so funny and entertaining. This little troop of ragtag people mm-hmm. <laughs> and the wacky conversations they have with each other. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't so much the action sequences when the peach is rolling and later on with the seagulls. It was the conversations in between mm-hmm. that I just thought were so funny. Well, and I, that night, that first night that he's in there, in the peach with all of these bugs. He talks about how the bed that the spider the spider made for her for him was more comfortable than the bed at his house mm-hmm. and it's just this sweet moment. Mm-hmm. It was a little sweet of him finally feeling like, "Oh, I have a comfortable place to live." And mm-hmm. even if it isn't a peach and there's people who are happy even if they're not people, people who are happy that I'm here, even if they are arguing and he's confused, he still had some kind of belonging where he did not belong before. (laughs) Right. Because it says something else, he told himself, something stranger than ever this time Mm -hmm. is about to happen to me again soon. He was sure of it. He could feel it coming. And then all at once, little shivers of excitement started running over the skin of James's back. And at this point, we're all on James's side. Mm -hmm. He is the character that we love and cheer for. So that moment, I did love. For me, little families coming together. I mean, we, I think we all love an orphan. Did you get any Harry Potter Dursley vibes? With A the little aunts? bit, yes. Because I can't remember if she was an influence on, or uh, if Roald Dahl was an influence. I'm sure, I'm sure he was I'm in sure. some fashion. Yeah. But I was getting, because in Harry Potter, the first one, she does not talk kindly about the Dursleys no. in the same way that Dahl yeah. talks about the ants. That was the feeling I got when James gets into the peach and meets these people. It was the same feeling I had when we had that scene with Hagrid Mm -hmm. of, oh man, he's finally getting out into something better with people who love him. From here, 
the book doesn't really develop that Mm-mm. belonging theme. No. It seems like we just kind of go off on some wacky adventures. Yeah. yeah. And it's one thing after another. At the en- very end, there's belonging when mm-hmm. James, I mean, to fast forward all the way, at the end, James constantly has kids coming to play with him mm-hmm. in New York City. And that gives a sense of belonging. But right. really, the themes aren't like deeply woven no. in. I agree. It is just the story of a crazy right. adventure that happened to this kid and these bugs. Right. <laughs> these bugs. <laughs> and because really after the, after the, I mean, we have the event of the peach rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. It seems like we have like a increasingly <laughs> wacky adventures with interspersed scenes of these conversations and the earthworm becoming more and more mm-hmm. off his rocker, yes. which was my favorite part. The earthworm is my favorite character. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I can relate to him because I'm a pessimist. I don't think I'm that <laughs> droopy. People might disagree. My wife might disagree. <laughs> I think this is after the peach has rolled down the hill. Mm-hmm. But my dear friends, cried the old green grasshopper, trying to be cheerful. We are there. Where, they asked. Where is there? I don't know, the old green grasshopper said, but I'll bet it's somewhere good. <laughs> We are probably at the bottom of a coal mine, the earthworm <laughs> said gloomily. We certainly went down and down very suddenly at the last moment. I felt it in my stomach. I still feel it. <laughs> well, and I <laughs> I like this one. It's so funny. Now that I'm just giggling. But they're talking about they're in the ocean at this point, And they're talking about how hungry they are. Right. And earthworm says, of course I'm right. And we're not likely to find anything around here either. We shall get thinner and thinner and thirstier and thirstier. And we shall all die a slow and grisly death from starvation. I am dying already. I am slowly sure. Shriveling up for want of food. Personally, I would rather drown. <laughs> <laughs> and Earthworm's a perfect example because you think like in a kid's story at the end, he's going to like learn to not be so pessimistic. Right. No, well, he doesn't. <laughs> what's even funnier too in this starvation one, Earthworm's all they eat is dirt. He talks about right. how he eats dirt, passes dirt. Right. That's his life. And it's like, <laughs> I'll just drown. I'd right. just rather die. <laughs> Right. Oh, and so we have this, I mean, obviously we have the scene with the sharks and then mystifyingly they get these seagulls. The seagulls. The seagulls was the point where I was like, okay, not, okay, that's dumb because a giant peach is already. It's already crazy. But the seagulls was where I was like, okay. And I think that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. because a good example of this is when we have this, there's this one scene on the ship where the captain and his crew see the peach flying above. Mm -hmm. And I wrote LOL in my book because the scene was just so funny. But it's kind of how adults react to it. Uh It's the same with the firemen and the policemen at the end. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Yeah. I I don't believe what I'm seeing. Whereas the kids are like, yeah, it's a giant peach. Flying inside. There's bugs inside. We're talking to friends. It's okay. That kind of brings me back to that theme I talked about at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fun, entertaining read. But a lot of the, the humor and the laughs for me were just kind of the bonkersness mm-hmm. of it, I guess. Yeah. And I could see in a way how that takes you back to being a kid and just laughing at silly, zany things because they're silly and zany. But I kept waiting for there to be kind of this payoff and there mm-hmm. isn't one. The no, payoff is not. just the entertainment and the fun. And I'm still kind of going back and forth on, yes, I do think that's valuable. Like it's fun just to enjoy a read. I think you're right. Well, and as as we're talking about this more, I said at the beginning, I just think that there's scary parts of it. And I, I don't know if I'll let my kids read it. Mm-hmm. There are some language things, too, in there that I might not love. But then I think I don't remember being scared of it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is because it's so far 
beyond the realm of possibility. Right. You know, where a kid, an eight-year-old may read this and say, I'm not going to, a peach is not going to grow in my backyard and these giant bugs aren't going to come out. Therefore, I don't have to be afraid of being on a peach in the ocean and sharks attacking us because it's so crazy. And it's interesting to me. I didn't know about his past and Mm -hmm. the boarding school and the abuse because I wonder for him if writing these crazy stories was a means of escape Mm -hmm. for himself and also for the kids that he's writing for. Because I can imagine, I mean, I don't have experience with abuse, but I can imagine Mm -hmm. that children who do, they might need as fantastical as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think about the moment when the ants get squished by the peach Mm -hmm. and how satisfying that might've been for Mm -hmm. him to write, to just squish the abusers and move on. How did you feel about that scene? I mean, I'm glad that it wasn't drawn out. It was just... You just hear a thump. (laughs) thump, I think that was the ants. And inside, they're so happy about it. And that was just moved on. Um, But knowing now what I know about his life, like that probably was a really good moment that he wished that he could just smush these people and It's a theme in his Mm -hmm. books that bad things happen to bad adults. Right, yeah. The last scene to me was just the confirmation of, we're not going to go anywhere Mm -mm. (laughs) super Mm -mm. meaningful. We're going (laughs) to... New York's going to go into a scare of an atomic yes, attack. Yes, Like the scene where the peach comes flying into view, the people, the policemen and the firemen all started shouting at once. <laughs> Look out, they cried, it's a dragon. It's not a dragon, it's a wampus. It's a gorgon. It's a sea serpent. It's a proc. It's a manticore. <laughs> it's a snozwanger. It's a wang doodle. Like, it just keeps getting more zany from there. Yes. Well, and because it just shows like... I mean, even these words, I mean, maybe these are actual things, but I don't think so. A Gorgon and a Proc. Yeah. Surely you've heard of a vicious canid, right? I actually have not. Tell me more. Well, that was the, when <laughs> I loved the policemen and the firemen because mm-hmm. they're a little, this, this conversation, I think to me, this, I guess this is kind of the climax of the story. This is Dahl's ultimate mm-hmm. point. It's just that adults don't get it. Yeah. And the humor is in that. Yeah. How dumb these adults are. The peach has settled on top of the Empire State mm-hmm. Building. After this scene when they all were like saying goodbye to each other because they yes. thought it was everybody saying it's the end yes. because the people in the city think yep. the bomb is dropping. Yes. James and the bugs think they're about to get yes. crushed. They end up on top of the Empire mm-hmm. State Building. So there's a giant peach up there. At this point, the old green grasshopper poked his huge green head over the side of the peach. Alongside the centipedes, six more big strong men fainted when they saw him. <laughs> That one's an oink, screamed the head of the fire department. I just know it's an oink. Or a cockatrice, yelled the chief of police. Stand back, man. It may jump down on us at any moment. What on earth are they talking about? The old green grasshopper said to the centipede. (laughs) Search me, the centipede answered. But they seem to be in an awful stew about something. And it just goes crazy and crazier from there. Well, and then I laugh because, again, the insects bugs seem to know something that we don't exactly. know yeah. because at the beginning they're like james we're so glad you're here and then now right. they know something that the firefighters and things don't know right. and it just makes a little full circle but which do you think that so Char- in charlotte's web that was kind of one of the themes is that kids know something adults mm-hmm. don't because they're willing to kind of pay attention do you think he's going for that here or is it no yeah. I think it's just funny. Right. And it's just supposed to be silly. And yeah. I don't know. But then we get to the very end, which then that <laughs> continues to the <laughs> continues to add to this like <laughs> confusion of what is this world that these things exist in. Also, I did laugh in thinking about when this book was written. I think it was nineteen sixty one. Nineteen sixty one, yeah. How 
if today there was a giant peach in England, we would know about it in the United States, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was 1961. This was pre-Twitter. It was pre-Twitter, way pre-Twitter. They're not going to know that right. there was a giant peach There wasn't ever. 30 influencers taking their pictures exactly. at the peach. Exactly. Yeah. But at the end, in the last pages, they um, wrap up these characters' stories. Right. And the centipede was made vice president in charge of sales of a boot and shoe manufacturer. <laughs> No questions asked about him being a centipede. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. The earthworm um, made women's face creams, and he spoke on commercials. With his lovely pink skin. His lovely pink skin. The silkworm <laughs> Miss Spider um, were taught to make nylon thread and made ropes for tightrope walkers. Mm-hmm. The glowworm became the light inside of the Statue of Liberty. Which I liked that one. I thought that I was cute. I'm I like, why too. is the Statue of Liberty light up? Yeah. It's because there's a glow worm exactly. inside. Yeah, and seem more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, the Green Grasshopper became a member of the New York Symphony Orchestra. And then <laughs> this last one. Yeah, the ladybug. The, the ladybug. <laughs> the, <laughs> the ladybug who had been haunted all her life by the fear that her house was on fire and her children all gone, married the head of the fire department <laughs> and lived happily ever after. <laughs> right. No questions. Asked. No questions. Some human, the fire department head yeah, was like, yeah. I see you, ladybug. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this scene at like a bar where the right? ladybug and some fireman elbow this but hey, you see that ladybug? You see that over ladybug? There? She is. You know she's single. Yeah. Yeah. Look at her spots. I'm going like. to marry her someday. <laughs> and that just, again, shows that there's not a lot of deep no. rooted no. messages. Just Which, I mean, we just fine. cackled and laughed about it. And I think that's the point. Yeah. And that's in that sense, that's why I'm grateful for this book, because it is really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those books that I would commend to people and say, oh, you have to read this. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those ones where it's like, if you're just looking for something fun, to read, especially for those parents who love, like for me, I would, I think I would enjoy reading this mm-hmm. to a kid just because I get to do some zany voices mm-hmm. and I get to just, you get to be over the top. Yeah. I think this would be a very good reading to book. Yeah. Maybe not very good. I think this would work best as a reading yeah. to book. Yeah. But books like this, I think a show kids that you can read for fun. Mm -hmm. You can read for fun. But then also when I think about reading with my kids, if we're reading it in a book together, I can speak into that. Like I can speak into why these ants, Mm -hmm. what abuse is in a way that's Mm -hmm. not quite as scary as them learning about it from someone else, you know, Mm -hmm. and to talk, to have it, um, not cushioned, but cushioned by funny and Right. Fantastical and crazy, but also be like, well, this is actually right. There are real things that happen like this, you know? And so I do think that I would enjoy reading this with my children Mm -hmm. and just to hear their reactions to a giant peach floating in the ocean or landing on the Empire State Building and to laugh about those things. But also have some reservation where this book does start to have these elements of abuse Mm -hmm. and loss. And its response to those is just zany fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I'm going to put this in air quotes, the redemption. Yeah. But there really isn't redemption. There's just this, you know, some horrible things happen yeah. to this kid and some really, some real things that real people yeah. have to deal with. And the book just offers silly mm-hmm. zaniness yeah. and, and laughs, which I'm not saying that it's bad per se, but I'm also saying it's not very helpful. Right. Because to me, this type of, well, we're just going to, 
laugh at the and, and then put them in a peach pit at the end and right like it's it's there's no dealing with yeah, yeah. what happened to him there's just escaping yeah. it I think that's interesting. And thinking of his other books, like Matilda, at the end of the book, she ends up with her teacher. She ends up being adopted by Mm. her teacher who loves her, Miss Honey. And that, I think, is a story of redemption. Like, Mm -hmm. because there's the adoption aspect, but just like the love and the being cared for. And so I do agree. Like, this talks about really deep things, but then it's just like, okay, sail away and and it doesn't talk about the fact that although he has lots of friends and stuff, he still lives in the peach pit by himself. Right. And what happens to James? Right. In that sense, you can kind of, this was his first children's mm-hmm. book. And perhaps I'd be interested to to continue reading his other books mm-hmm. and to see how he started developing more depth. If he did, or maybe he didn't, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe his whole point was the way he dealt with this stuff as a kid was to just laugh at yeah. it. And I'm, I don't hear me saying that. We can't find ways to find humor and laugh, but there's a laughing of acceptance and there's a laughing of denial. Mm-hmm. This book, I don't know if it really cares. Yeah. And that's where I go back and forth on, is it helpful? But then I think at the end of the day, his point right in this book was sheer entertainment. Yeah. But that's my gripe is that if you're going to bring in things like abuse and connect with kids mm-hmm. through this moment of being so misunderstood as James is, yeah. and like Harry Potter is a great example. Yeah. He's an orphan. He's misunderstood. And we're meant to, none of us are orphans, but we've all felt that. Right. And that's the reason we feel Harry so much. And we do the same with James, whereas Harry takes it on this move towards belonging and this journey. James just kind of like, he meets these friends who just love him and things get fun. And I, you know, I don't know if it really is willing to dive in. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. It It, just leaves some questions to be asked where I'm kind of like, what are we doing? Right. And I feel like that's why this book is just... It's not meant to unravel all of the threads. It's just meant to be an escape and to be a laughter. And maybe maybe it is meant for a kid to connect with who might be an orphan Mm -hmm. or who might have suffered or something. But to just say, here's an escape because sometimes we just need to be in a peach. It's candy. Yeah. You don't want your entire diet to be candy, but it's good every now and then. And kids love candy. Absolutely. It's fun to give your kids candy. Yeah. Well, that's all all for James and the Giant Peach. Sarah, I am so excited for our next book. Because it's the Christmas season. And we are going to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. We get to dive into all things Mr. Tumnus, the White Witch, the Lantern Waist. I feel like I need to study up. Just have fun. I'm going to. I can't not, but I'm pumped. Yes. Well, thank you all for joining us. We had a really good time. Uh, And we will see you next time. Sarah, thanks. Thanks.